0: As Tom and Blair mentioned, we've had a tremendous year in our private debt business, both in terms of performance and origination. I'm very excited to introduce Larry Zimmerman, our head of private debt origination, who will lead our discussion on the origination component.
1: Thank you, Allison. Uh Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here today. I'm pleased to have the opportunity to update you on the year that we've had from an origination perspective. I'm joined, as Allison mentioned, by two great colleagues, uh, managing directors on the origination team, King Jang and Rich And We're gonna take you through uh, the results that we've had this year and talk a little bit more about the um, day-to-day aspects of origination and, and how we do what we do. Uh, before I go through the results, just to frame um, sort of what, what we tried to do this year, if I go back to last year, uh, Tom mentioned how we made a concerted effort to strengthen the relationships uh, through the COVID dislocation. We think we did a very good job of that. And as we saw the market begin to reopen uh, latter part of last year, we put together a strategy that was really pretty straightforward to capitalize on what we saw uh, in front of us as a very compelling market opportunity. Um, first thing we wanted to do was target bigger companies and bigger deals in an effort to really take full advantage of the scale of our platform. Second thing, we we made a concerted effort to win more lead mandates, and and in the process, increase uh, the allocations, the percentage of the tranche that we would get uh, at the final outcome. Uh, And then finally, we knew it was going to be a busy year with a lot of deal flow, and we knew we had to remain incredibly selective and, and be decisive about the deals that we wanted to work hard on and let the ones go that just were either fringy or just not a great fit for our platform. And I'm really pleased to say that we executed across the team incredibly well uh, in all of those uh, respects. Uh, the volume that we, we are tracking to generate this year will be up over 100%, around 5.5 billion. We've got line of sight to get that closer to 6 billion, depending on certain deals in the pipeline. Really tremendous uh, outcome for our team. We were able to more than double, uh, as I mentioned, a a, a very important strategic uh, goal, the average uh, deal size for our lead deals going from 75 million to 160 million. Blair talked about um, this trend toward increased equity cushions and and sponsors needing to put substantial amounts of equity in to win competitive deals. And we've seen um, the weighted average LTV be the lowest it's ever been in our fund history at 40%. Uh, Targeting bigger companies has led to an increase in the average median EBITDA of our borrowers up to $65 And and Tom and Blair talked about the attractive relative value that's available in the asset class at 6.5%, weighted average coupon for the deals that we've done, 40% LTV, heavily weighted first Dollar risk portfolio at 65 million of EBITDA. It's really good risk that that we feel like we've been putting into the portfolio this year. Um, something we're going to talk more about in a minute is non-sponsor origination. I think those of you who have um, been partners with us uh, for a long time know that we've had a long-term commitment to the non-sponsor channel. We've done over a billion dollars of non-sponsor. Uh, volume this year roughly twenty percent uh, of our total origination which we think is terrific and and creates really compelling opportunities um, and the close rate as Blair mentioned at six percent right in line with um, historical uh, percentages so we've we've been able to remain very selective through the process
0: and Larry just I mean, just knowing how big of a year this was for our origination team, it would be helpful to just understand, is is BSP gaining share or was this just a really active market?
1: Yeah, Uh, it's a great question. Uh, No doubt it has been a very active market. And and just the volume of deal flow has been up for sure year over year. It's hard to get great uh, scientific market share data in the private market. Everybody knows that. I think it's pretty undeniable that the market as a whole has not doubled or or more than doubled, and and our volume has. So I think we feel very strongly about the fact that we've been able to take share in a competitive market for a lot of the reasons that we're gonna get into here in a moment. So the first thing that we wanna uh, delve into is our sponsor origination strategy. And King, why don't you, you kick this off and talk a little bit about some of the factors that have led to the success that we've had with sponsors this year. Sure, sure, thanks, Larry. So I'd say uh, the first thing that's uh, made this last year
2: very successful uh, from an origination perspective is the breadth of the relationships that we've been able to leverage. And all of the originators and the deal teams know how selective uh, and disciplined our our committee is and our overall investment approaches. Uh, That just requires us to, you know, cast very wide nets and continuously, you know, focus on filling the top of the funnel. you will see over here on the left-hand side of the page, we looked at deals with 250 unique sponsors. And the uh, investment committee saw a subset of that. We ultimately ended up uh, doing deals with 50 unique sponsors. And I think it's the, uh, again, the wide cast net and the the breadth of our relationships that allowed us to be uh, this selective in, in partnering with these 50 firms and their deals. Uh, Over to the right, you'll recognize uh, many of these firms that we've been very fortunate enough to partner with. Um, We have done numerous deals with uh, most of these firms over the years. And I think that leads me to the second aspect, which is the depth of the relationship as well. So we've had uh, consistent and repeat success with uh, most of those uh, firms. And I think that's really because they're like-minded investors, and we share a lot of the same uh, you know, diligence concerns. We approach things the same way. And they also uh, tend to treat us like partners in the overall investment process. So what exactly does that mean? Well, these are sponsors that uh, help address all of our in-depth due diligence questions. Uh, they help us land at a very reasonable document with fair and appropriate lender protections.
1: And, frankly, they just reward us on deals where we lean in and show conviction. And in that vein, um, you know, Richard, one of the things we talk about a lot is just identifying sponsors that we think have the potential to become real strategic financing partner-type relationships. It's a competitive market. It's easier said than done. Um, How do you feel like you've gone about navigating that um, over the course of this year?
3: Sure, so we really focus on sponsors that we view to be as like-minded investors. So for example, firms that may target industries where we have research analyst expertise, uh, firms that have identified sector themes where we've also found investment opportunities to be compelling. We also tend to focus um, on firms that understand our diligence-heavy mentality. So firms that make their operating partners, their management teams, their third parties available to us during our diligence process. I would also say we really tend to stick to our knitting. We lean into deals and sectors and industries that we know well can diligence and have conviction on. I think this year has just been a really great blend of strengthening our existing relationships while also fortifying new and exciting relationships. Um, We had a targeted effort to cultivate new relationships who are sponsors that would be a really good fit for our platform. So for example, if I look at the logos on the right side of the page, AEA and Harvest, both blue-chip firms, those were deals that I did this year, new sponsor, new platforms, a new, int- a, new- a new sponsor introduction to our platform that we hadn't done business with previously. We also did lead-left deals with THL and Kelso. That's an example of our repeat sponsor performance. We had good momentum with them in 2020, and we were able to really repeat that momentum in 2021. When I think about why some of our sponsor clients choose us, I think they really value our scale, the industry edge that our research analysts give us, and our conviction and ability to lean into deals that we like. I want to profile one specific sponsor that's really become, for me, more than just a relationship, but someone that's been a really strategic relationship for the firm. We identified Kelso Private Equity as a platform that would be a good fit for us in 2019 upper middle market, from their size, they have a good reputation in the market, to the industries that they cover, where we have a lot of overlap. So we had a targeted effort to start covering them. And over the last two years, that's really paid dividends. We've closed five new deals with them, three platforms, and two add-ons. We've deployed over $500 million in partnership with Kelso. We also have a really robust pipeline, where I think that number is going to continue to grow in the months to come. you know, I think one of the things that I also want to highlight is a lot of times we talk about all the good stuff of, of saying yes, but as an originator, um, a big part of our job is saying no. And in fact, we actually say no more than we say yes. And so of the 25 deals that we've reviewed here, you know, 20 of which we did not do. Some of that died through natural selection, but some of those were just deals that we turned down. And I think it's really important, you know, a big part of our job is being able to say no and still maintain a great relationship with the sponsor. It's really teaching the sponsor, you know, what are good deals that are a good fit for us um, that, and things that we may not be leaning into. And it's perfectly okay for a deal to be a great fit for a sponsor and something that we may not like. I do wanna profile one particular deal that we did this year that I think is really exciting. Inmark, um, also known as Novia Group. This is a deal that we invested in, in December of 2020. Inmark is a leading distributor of rigid packaging and life sciences packaging. Uh, The business was a little bit smaller when we originally closed the deal, $85 million credit facility, 13 of EBITDA. It was about a 40% loan to value deal. It's actually the smallest deal in Kelso's history. um, And they told us that they had a buy and build strategy and they were gonna grow and scale it. Packaging distribution is a space that we know really well. We've done deals in it. We have a research analyst expertise and we really like the life sciences niche of this business. And lo and behold, six months later, they came to us with two transformative add-ons that really changed the business profile of Inmark. So We grew our facility to now be $350 million. We lead agent and control that deal with north of 75% of the tranche. The deal was priced at L600, 1% floor, 97.5 OID. The thing that I really want to highlight here is because we did this credit agreement when the business was smaller, we have a lot of protective provisions in there. We have a financial maintenance covenant, a lot of lender-favorable protections that we would not have had for a business that's now doing mid-40s of EBITDA. A new sponsor buyout with mid-40s of EBITDA would just have in this market some document terms deterioration from what we currently have. And Kelso was a true partner to us. They told us we could retain our existing credit agreement and a lot of those lender favorable items. Um, And I think that's just a great example of the partnership that we have with them. Denmark and calso that's just one example of the relationship cultivation that we're focused on and on the origination side. We've had so much great momentum in 2021. We're really excited to continue that next year.
1: Thank you, Richa. That's a great discussion of the sponsor piece of our origination effort. Um, we're now going to shift and talk a little bit about what we do on the non-sponsor side and the way we generate um these opportunities through coverage of the intermediary networking. why don't you uh, jump in here, talk a little bit about intermediary coverage, and then you know we've got a great example of a success that, that came out the other end of it on the non-sponsor side. Sure.
2: So uh, you saw a similar funnel a couple of pages ago, and uh, you'll hear some similar themes as we go through this page as well. So again, knowing how selective and disciplined we are, um, in the non-sponsor origination channel, uh, we equally cast wide nets, but in this case it means speaking with hundreds of intermediaries. And these aren't just your middle market uh, debt advisory shops, but they include uh, smaller boutique M&A advisory firms, accountants, uh, lawyers. These types of intermediaries are able to provide high-quality introductions to us into some pretty unique situations. Uh, Since 2020, We've looked at deals from 60 unique intermediaries. The IC has seen uh, deals from 20 unique intermediaries, and we have closed deals with five uh, unique intermediaries. Uh, Some of these deals are the most exciting and compelling investments we made in the last year. And uh, I look forward to discussing that here momentarily. Uh, But first, the non-sponsor origination channel is, uh, again, in our DNA. It has been since the inception of the firm. Uh, When I joined in 2012, it was a core focus area for us, and it still remains the case today. Uh, It's a much less competitive marketplace, uh, and it typically leads to more favorable outcomes on leverage, pricing, uh, documents, and terms. Uh, It also leads to some pretty interesting and proprietary situations where we are uh, engaged with management and owners of companies. Uh, The nature of these deals uh, tends to be longer due diligence periods, uh, where we're having a lot of one-on-one time uh, with management teams. And this develops more of this strategic partner relationship, um, similar to what PE sponsors get when they're buying companies. Um, The non-sponsor channel also um, makes us that much more selective in the sponsor channel and vice versa. Uh, it, It remains a very important part of our Overall uh, origination strategy, and I know that we're going to, you know, continue investing in this channel for the years to come. Uh, I'll touch on one uh, quick deal here called Absolute Software uh, that we did earlier this year. Uh, Absolute is a billion-dollar uh, public company. They provide endpoint security and data risk management, and that, in in simple terms, it means it's similar to a LoJack for uh, your laptop and your mobile devices. Uh, we were introduced to the company by the Foros Group, who is one of our uh, longest and best relationships. And they were engaged as the M&A advisor to the company uh, when they were undergoing a pretty transformative acquisition. Um, they brought us in very early. We helped shape and mold the various financing alternatives. Uh, that means we were in there very early working with the company, uh, the management team, and the board. And the end result is something that we're very excited about. It's, uh, it's a deal that's got leverage that's well inside of sponsor transactions in the space. Uh, The pricing is very attractive, given the modest loan to value. And uh, it's got very favorable terms, um, structural protections, and a very, very tight document that you otherwise wouldn't see in a typical transaction uh, led by a sponsor in this space.
1: Thank you. That's great. So as I wrap up this section um, and I think about um, all the things that have contributed to the success that we've had over the course of the year. We've got a great team. Uh, The platform sits in a wonderful place um, in the direct lending market. We attract a tremendous amount of deal flow into the platform, and we're fortunate to have the uh, opportunity to be very selective on the deals that we choose to do. In terms of why we're winning and why we're winning more, recently than we had in the past. I would boil it down to a few key points. The scale of the platform is critical. We're at a size where we're able to write 100 million to $500 million commitments. It's it's critically important that, when you're working with private equity firms in particular, who are trying to win competitive M&A auctions, that you can deliver certainty. You can deliver all the capital required to enable them to win the deals that they want to win. That's how you become a strategic partner to them. We we check that box in droves. The second point, I can't say enough good things about the quality of our research team, this industry edge that we have across the platform. No other firm in the direct lending market can match it. It helps us work smarter every step along the way throughout the entire process. It's made our screening process more efficient. It's made our work streams through due diligence more effective. I can't tell you how often clients tell us how we get to the root of the matter quicker than all the competition, and we just get through a diligence exercise much more efficiently. And again, speed and certainty together are what makes sponsors want to work with you, and that happens time and again. The breadth of our mandate, um, I think you all have known about us for years. We can, we can go up and down the capital structure depending on whatever the situation calls for, first lien, unit tranche, second lien, and junior. We have the ability to be nimble. And, and to move around. And, and all of these things have contributed to really enable us to cultivate some impressive relationships, both as, as you heard from Rich and King with uh, existing longer-term relationships that it just gets deeper and deeper, and then new, new sponsors who just hadn't gotten around to choosing us to lead their deals, but did this year. So we're just incredibly proud uh, of the work that the whole team has been able to do this year.
0: So one question that just came through uh, is really around what people want from a security perspective. So first lien, Unitranche, second lien, where are you guys spending time? What is the priority of the sponsors and, and borrowers that we're focused on?
3: Sure, I can start. Um, the flavor of the day right now for my clients, both sponsor and non-sponsor, is definitely the Unitranche products. People like the speed and certainty for the Unitron product. They like the ease of execution. Benefit Street Partners is a one-stop shop. You don't need to go negotiate a first lien, a second lien document, an inter-creditor document. You don't need to go to the rating agencies for a syndicated deal. It really reduces all of the complexity.
2: I'd actually, um, I'd echo that uh, sentiment very much. I think Unitron just clearly uh, where we're spending a ton of our time. I think the only thing to add is uh, one thing that's been invaluable over the last year is our ability to pivot uh, quickly, uh, up and down the capital structure. We've had, uh, I'm sure Rich has had it, I've had it. Um, we've had situations where we were working on a unitronch product. Uh, folks wanted us to potentially explore second lien products. Uh, and to be able to pivot that quickly and have that flexibility has been invaluable.
0: Great. Well, thanks, Larry. Thanks, Richa. Thanks, King. We are going to take a quick pause to bring back members of RIC and walk through our portfolio in more detail. We will see you in one minute.